Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Hey, I got a little uh, task for you there, Alex, since you're such a football fan. Can you compile the teams that have fired their coach in the last 24 hours? I bet it's I could name a... them right now if you wanted to. Oh, do it real fast. Okay, the Bears, the Vikings, the Dolphins. Uh, so far, that's it. I thought I Today. saw another one. Um, it's amazing. In the NFL, more than any other sport, you have a bad season. Your coach is almost certainly gone. Yeah. doesn't matter if you had the Jims and the Joes, as they say. I mean, you, what are you going to do? with some? And sometimes, you, I guess you have to motivate the fans, and that's the easiest way in the NFL? That's exactly it. You, convan- you convince the ticket buyers that, oh, this is a new beginning. No more of that old crap, folks, so line up. <laughs> Got to admit. You know, if you're thinking about spending your dollar or getting excited about your team, if you're going into next year after a bad year with the same players and the same coach, right, right, to get excited. And the Broncos fired their coach yesterday. There you go. That's another one. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Yeah, it's a little harder to pitch. Look, this this coming year, we hope our left tackle and our best receiver don't get hurt. That's our plan. That was an interesting one, and I know this is a little inside the NFL, but uh, Chiefs played the Broncos, and Chiefs beat the Broncos, Chiefs' number two seed in the AFC. And Andy Reid, the coach of the Chiefs in the postgame, glowing reviews of, of what his uh, cohort across the sideline for the Broncos did, obviously trying to save one of his friends, like, you know, just talking him up. He did a great job over there. He really had us struggling with his, de- his defensive schemes. It didn't matter. Mm. The Broncos fired the guy. That's good Andy Reid, though. I'm glad to hear that. That's interesting. Yeah, that's a rough gig, no doubt. Did you enjoy the feature on 60 Minutes last night about the kickers? Did you stick with that? I didn't, but I would like to watch that. That was fun. I didn't realize a third of all points are scored by kickers. One guy. So a third of all points are scored by a guy? Right, and yet they they throw them away like used tissue paper, um, you know, if they they miss a couple of kicks. Yeah, and all the pressure's on you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, so of, of perhaps more substance, there was a hearing on Friday. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it was Friday. Um, the Supreme Court, in a an emergency hearing, were taking a look at our octogenarian president's OSHA rule, where companies of over 100 people have to either get everybody jabbed or, or sack their people or test them every three minutes or whatever the, the those rules were, which I'm pretty sure are unconstitutional. But anyway, so they had a, uh, an emergency hearing uh, in which uh, they went back and forth with a number of different uh, lawyers and the justices asked questions and stuff like that. But at one point, well, there were a couple of points. Jack pointed out earlier there was something absolutely nutty said by which justice was it? Kagan. Kagan, yeah, the the softball player, right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but for now, let's focus on on absolutely Looney Tunes, four Pinocchios in the Washington Post statement by Sonia Sotomayor when they were talking about the dangers of the Omicron, specifically to children. We have over 100,000 children, which we've never had before, in, in serious condition, and uh, many on ventilators. Whoa, 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 whoa. What? She was making the argument that this thing is so dangerous, and you can tell because we have over 100,000 children in serious condition and many on ventilators in the hospital right now. 
Well, the WAPO, which unquestionably leans left, to his credit, Glenn Kessler, the so-called fact-checker, took it on. And to say that was an exaggeration is to be kind. There are probably 5,000 youngsters, children, in hospital beds with COVID. And most studies show a majority of those kids were in for other reasons. They just happen to have COVID because sooner or later, like in the next three days, freaking everybody's going to have the Omicron. So there are a few hundred, maybe a thousand or so kids, maybe, 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 maybe who are sick enough in the hospital to be described as in serious condition. And that's a stretch. And she said, how many? One, we have one. We have over 100,000 children in serious condition and many on ventilators. And the real number is? Well, again, it, it may be a couple of hundred. It's, it's difficult to say. There are virtually Not a couple hundred thousand on respirators. A couple yeah. hundred. Yes. Yeah. The current day number of kids, again, in the hospital at all. That who have COVID, but not because of COVID, is in the 5,000 range. Um, and as uh, Glenn Kessler pointed out in the Washington Post, uh, it's important for the Supreme Court justices to make rulings based on correct data. Yeah. Um, How about even close to correct data? It, it could easily be 100 or even 1,000 times higher than the reality. So the question is, since the beginning of this thing, how has the left had such an inflated view of the danger of COVID. Where where does the left get their information? Is it... I watch a fair amount of MSNBC. I don't see radically distorted numbers. I mean, do they have... I don't know. Where, where's the left getting their info? Where does she, as a obviously very smart person, where'd she get her information? How are you... Th- because if I heard the number, I'd think, well, that doesn't sound right, and look into it more. She heard the number and thought, I'm sure that's right, because I know how dangerous this is. Right. Uh, you know, that's actually a pretty good question, because we both uh, consume news uh, not only voraciously because it's our living, but I just, I'm just i compulsive about it. I just like to learn things. I like to hear things. I like to hear what's going on. Where the hell did she get the idea that we have over 100,000 children in serious condition, many on ventilators? That's just and how crazy. many? And how many people in her, uh, the world she lives in, whether it's Chuck Schumer or AOC or Joe Biden himself or whoever, that have similar, s- close to the same uh, misconceptions about COVID? I doubt that she's alone in her orbit that are that far off. Right, right. I mean, that's crazy i mean well, you're gonna the, end up with radically different policies yes if you use her numbers than if you use the real numbers well we cited that was a galloper i can't remember who did the poll about a year ago where uh, lefties thought the virus was 80 times as dangerous to children as it actually was and that was back in the days of beta and then later delta which were uh, significantly more dangerous than Omicron seems to be. Not seems to be, is. I think that data is pretty solid at this point. Well, I know some people on the right who don't believe COVID exists at all. Well, they're wrong, and I can't imagine where they get their crackpot information. But they and aren't Supreme Court justices. The, no, they are not. <laughs> not as far as I can tell. 
Uh, yeah, that's that's scary. Well, and then the second question, not only, you know, question number one is, where the hell did she get that information? Question number two is, why is she, and again, <clears throat> she's extremely bright, and I always take pains to point out, wisdom and intelligence have nothing to do with each other. Um, God, you want wisdom little. out of Supreme Court justices, though. Yes, indeed. So how does somebody that smart not only have that idea in her head, but have so much enthusiasm for being scared or have so much enthusiasm for COVID being really, really, really dangerous that she doesn't question a number that crazy in her head or having come across that number doesn't say, wait a minute, wait a minute, what? I've heard that it's it's not terribly dangerous to children for the last two full, well, uh, give me a year and three quarters. I am absolutely certain it was April or May of 2020 that we first started to hear with good, solid data that, wow, the kids don't seem to be getting very sick. So how in the name of, of, of Marshall or Marbury v. Madison did Sonja Sotomayor get that idea? That's scary. And congratulations to the Washington Post for calling out a Supreme Court justice and saying, you're not only wrong, you are way out of line. A force for Pinocchios, I mean, that's a flat-out lie, flat-out falsehood. Or there is zero truth to it and should never have been said. Play, play 30 one more time, Michael, so the folks can hear it. We have over 100,000 children, which we've never had before, in, in serious condition, and uh, many on ventilators. Did anybody oh, she, call her out on that? She's got to walk that back. Supreme Did anybody... Court didn't comment, wouldn't comment. Huh. So I wonder if any of the other justices knew that's not even close to right, but you don't call out your colleagues like that. I don't know. I don't know how it works. But uh, and, and you've got to be so respectful arguing a case before the Supreme Court. I'm sure the lawyer wanted to say, hey, uh, Justice, you're out of your mind. It's maybe one one thousandth of that, you crackpot. But, you know, you don't dare. <laughs> you could probably leave the word crackpot out. Here's what uh, the other female uh, liberal justice said, um, Kagan. They were talking about whether the government has the right to do this or that. And she said, and this is the argument people that are scared of a government takeover of health care have been making for years. Kagan actually said out loud, the government's paying for the medical services, so they have the right to dictate details of those services. So if the government ran health care, they would get to decide... Unvaccinated people should not be able to get into the hospital because they've made a choice and we're going to punish them for it. Mm-hmm. Or you eat too many Twinkies, so you go to the back of the line. Sorry about your heart attack. We're going to help this person first because we've got in your data that you've been overweight for a long time or what, whatever rules they're going to make. Sure. Of course they are. That's the way she sees it. The government's paying for the medical services, so they have the right to dictate the details of those services. And with all the wisdom and fairness of your county health official, who's shut down all the schools, for instance. Yeah, that's scary. Yeah, it is. It's probably it's probably coming, honestly. Oh, I, I said this earlier. I want to say it again because I think it's an excellent point. Um, if one of the justices on the right had been that wrong about a fact... The mainstream media would have gone crazy. I'm guessing that unless you watch Fox, you never even heard that stuff about Sotomayor and how, how wrong she was. Yeah. But if somebody on the right, if one of Trump's appointees, if Kavanaugh 
had been that wrong about some of the facts of COVID and deaths, if he'd said, look, only 90,000 people have died for this thing, if he'd been off by, you know, eightfold or whatever, um, mm-hmm. he'd have gotten ripped apart. They'd be using that as an argument for why they need to add more justices. All the uh, late night comics would be making jokes about it. All right. But she yep, could be, be that. She could be that wrong. And, you know, most people don't care. Turns out the media is heavily liberal. Hmm. I'll be damned. All right, some more of something completely different coming up. I'm trying to decide. i got about a zillion things to talk about. Oh, China. China knows a hell of a lot more about you, my friends, than you might think. Oh, boy. And they are absolutely aggressively expanding their empire as we speak. Put down your pork fried rice and stay tuned. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. There is one award show that's still going to happen, the Golden Globes. Not that you'd know it. They already weren't going to be televised because NBC yanked the Globes after accusations of racism, sexism, and greed were leveled against the Hollywood Foreign Press Association. And NBC will not tolerate racism, sexism, and greed for more than 15 seasons. But, but, Matt Lauer. But this week, they announced they were further paring down the ceremony this Sunday. The Globes will take place without celebs, press, or audience in attendance. What? How? Huh? The Hollywood Foreign Press Association claims that these changes were caused by Omicron, but Variety obtained an email that the Globe sent to several publicists asking their clients to participate in the show, and no celebs have agreed to take part. They couldn't get anyone. Even Mel Gibson. I can't associate my good name with the Golden Globes. Those people are racists. Nah, I didn't yeah. like his last joke, but uh, that's interesting to me. So I had bought their line that it was COVID-related. Enough things have been canceled over COVID. I thought the Golden Globes, which were last night, it was a tree falling in the forest with nobody there. I mean, it really was. The Golden Globes were announced last night? Yeah, I think somebody just read them off a sheet. Uh, but... Hey, hey, celebrities and your award shows, good luck getting anybody to ever care ever again. I mean, it had been going off a cliff for a long time, people caring about these things. And now you're starting to, we won't have them because of racism or sexism or COVID. Well, okay, good luck with that. Good luck of it ever mattering enough to even air again. You know, I'm torn on this one because... The whole, they don't have enough people of, of this, that, or the other description in their association, and there's sexism or whatever. I, I, how much? I don't know. It's just the whole woke thing. But, you know, if there's a vampire flying around my town defiling all the virgins, and he's uh, brought down because he said something bad about transgender folks, I suppose I should just be glad that the vampire is dead. And every so every celebrity-laden awards show that dies, I should be happy about. Although that one was occasionally entertaining, especially when Ricky Gervais was verbally abusing all of the celebrity idiots and just mocking them to their faces. But, all right, go away. 
Yeah, I think they may be officially dead. Dead, dead, dead. When the uh, Oscars are, gonna... are dead, then it's time to rejoice. What are you going to tell us about China coming up? Well, a couple of things from the China Watch desk. Number one, they are voraciously collecting data about you, me, and everyone. But for what nefarious purpose? Also, their ambition to rule the world, and that is not like hyperbole or something. That is specifically what they are intent on doing, is moving forward step by step. If I was given the progress report to Chairman Xi, I'd be thinking, boy, he's going to be really pleased. This is good stuff. So China on the march. Stay with us. Hey, a number of people making the point, and they're absolutely right, about the whole Sotomayor argument and her being so wrong on the numbers on Friday. It doesn't really matter whether it's a thousand, a hundred thousand, or ten thousand. It's is it constitutional or not? Is the question for the government to make these sorts of mandates? Yes, yeah, uh, that's kind of a good point. Although, if we accept that OSHA is justified constitutionally in making workplace rules to keep people from getting crushed by you know equipment or something mm-hmm. like that. Is this an urgent enough need that that justifies OSHA turning their gaze to this? Gotcha. So I'm not sure that's that great a point. Okay, I'll, so I was wrong. It was a bad point. Stupid point. Well, I'll no, block that texture. Do you want me to block them? Do you want me to block the textures <laughs> who sent that? Hell, visit them at home and punch them in the face. <laughs> no, I. No, I'm not saying it's a bad point. It's a, <laughs> Uh, it may be one of those, like, if you think about it even more, you come around to the, the right. So I'm not making a pronouncement. If you miss an hour of the show, get the podcast armstrongandgetty.com. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Bob Saget's dead. The internet is claiming it's because he got his booster shot, just like John Madden and Betty White. <laughs> I don't think there's any truth to any three of any of those three. No, of course not. That's a pretty big celebrity three in a what a week or so period. <laughs> yes, it is. In it terms really of makes you stop and think. In terms of celebrities that reach the maximum number of people across demographics, age groups, and everything like that. That's three really big ones. It's one of the all-timers. One of the all-time sets of three, because that's the way celebrity deaths occur, as we all know. Eighteen gorillas have COVID at Atlanta Zoo. I've got nothing to say after that. There's no follow-up. I was going to say, I'm waiting for the details. (laughs) Um, AOC has COVID. Having gone to Florida, maskless. That that's that that didn't we didn't give that enough attention. No, she and her boyfriend went to Florida and hung out in the state that is the poster state for bad COVID policy. Didn't take it seriously. Not enough lockdowns. De- Death Santis, they call him because he is killing people with not mandatory masks and vaccines. She vacationed in Florida, maskless, and got COVID. Right, at crowded restaurants and bars. Which shows you how worried she was about COVID. If you were actually worried, you wouldn't go to Florida and go around without a mask on, would you? Well, and it certainly indicates what she thinks of mask policies in general. Right. She Uh, doesn't back them because she thinks they're important. She backs them because that's her side. Right. One other thing, Eurozone inflation, biggest year-over-year jump in history. 
So it ain't just America. It's worldwide. It's a kick in a baguette. Tell you what. So I'm trying to decide how to uh, approach this. Did I tell you about all the gorillas in Atlanta Zoo that have COVID? Oh, you did mention that. Okay. I was afraid I left. Quite a few, as I recall. Yeah, 18. Huh? Dozen and a half. How many do you got? 20. I mean, because if they got like 50,000 gorillas, it's not nearly as impressive. (laughs) I doubt they do. (laughs) That'd be a lot of gorillas. 18 of their 20 have COVID. Oh, wow. Well, that makes you stop and think, doesn't it? So, uh, number one. The Washington Post did a really good bit of reporting. For all of their liberal excesses, they're still one of the great newspapers in our land. Um, and they did a review of bidding documents and contracts for over 300 Chinese government software projects since the beginning of 2020. They did a detailed study of what sort of software is China trying to buy and what are they doing with it? Um, and, and this, I just found this really interesting. Uh, it'll, we'll get more troubling as we go, but, um, they have ordered all sorts of software designed to collect data on foreign targets from Twitter, Facebook, and other Western social media. They're primarily interested in their domestic internet users and media, but they've also tried to learn absolutely every single thing they can about every single person online on Earth. Um, the documents, publicly accessible, also show the agencies, including state media, propaganda departments, police, military, cyber regulators, are purchasing new or more sophisticated systems to gather data. I don't, um, I, I don't uh, want to minimize this at all, but I, I don't completely understand. So I remember that story that came out last year about how China has a, um, a file on every man, woman, and child in America. Mm-hmm. Um, because of all this information that you're just talking about, what are they going to do with it? Or, or do they have the manpower to turn that into anything? Or do you just wait in case you need it for somebody? I, I think it's mostly that last one, but I guarantee you that there are contingency plans or purposes that exist oh, yeah. for that data, and they're just waiting to use them. Oh, yeah, I'm not that imaginative, and and they are. So, but it is it is amazingly troubling. I'm sure that's never happened in the history of the world. It wouldn't have been possible. Where your enemy, the country is an enemy of your country, has a dossier on dossier on every human being in your country. It, they absolutely do on uh, journalists, academics, uh, military leaders, uh, soldiers, sailors, Marines, um, and, uh, and political figures, um, which I think is really interesting. Now, a lot of what they're doing is to oppress the Uyghurs, for instance, but the, I suppose the, it's the Western-looking stuff that's most interesting to us. Um, Oh, and the other thing is they also are very, very active on social media, putting out information. We talked about that a little bit last week, that when as the Olympics are about to begin, I guess they're about two weeks away, uh, the Winter Olympics in Beijing, which still disgusts me, you will see positive stuff online about the Olympics and the Chinese athletes and the fact that the Olympic Games are going forward. Those may well be employees of, of the Chinese government. Uh, which another- is just smart, really. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they're just doing PR like every company in the world does PR. Uh, secondly, China is expanding a network of more than 95 port facilities around the world and is working to establish a system of overseas military bases that analysts say will support Xi Jinping's announced ambition for global dominance. 
The Port Network is part of the Belt and Road Initiative. We've talked about this for a long time. A multi-trillion dollar infrastructure and development program that Beijing has been pushing for nearly a decade, trying to <clears throat> cement their status as an economic superpower and win support in the developing world for China's brand of communism. Partly by hooking these poor, smaller countries on the dope of Chinese money to build roads and ports and the rest of it. And and by the way, you can have this at 2% interest, all this money. No worries. We're your Chinese friends. But then when the port doesn't, uh, doesn't generate nearly the income China said it would, then all of a sudden you've got the loan shark saying, you know what? I'm not going to bust your legs. I'm not going to break your knees if you just go along with this little plan. They're, they're mobsters. Plus, they're installing all the infrastructure, like so it's all their computer programming and automation and everything like that, which they can shut down whenever they decide they want to. Right, right. And I kind of want to go big on this tomorrow and talk about it in more detail, but I, there's something else that's kind of stuck in my craw. And I, I want to come off as that like knee-jerk, anti-expert feeling that's become kind of common these days. I mean, because I'm not that exactly... But in continuing to read Michael Pillsbury's excellent The 100-Year Marathon about China, having been intent on world domination now for decades and decades and utterly duping the naive Soviet-obsessed United States into giving them everything they want to become the world superpower in the name of, again, resisting the Soviets or whatever, one thing that really strikes me about that book, because Pillsbury... And we've talked about this before. He was a big-time advocate, maybe the big-time advocate for China is liberalizing. If we're just their buddy, they'll become an ally and a friend. Their economy will open up. They'll reform politically. This is good stuff. Let's help China. They're going to become a buddy. Well, now he's realized after several decades, and he says this in the book, I was completely wrong. I was the opposite of right. This is terrible. God help us all. Okay. Don't trust China. So that's the tone of the book. And Jack's read it too. What really struck me as I was reading it last night is the number of people who were trying to tell him that, trying to tell presidents that, just trying to trying to say, wait a minute, here's what they're really doing. But the experts all the PhDs were already in the let's build bridges to China camp, or they were in the China hawk camp. And once they choose their positions, they spend their entire day, their entire career trying to prove that they're right. And they no longer take in data and information with an open mind and an open heart and try to figure out, like every single day, try to refigure out, okay, what's really happening? No, once they establish which side they're on, they spend all their time, energy, and grant money trying to prove that that position is right, no matter what the evidence is. And it reminds me of that study. I was trying to remember, Jack, was that a book we read? or I can't remember. The point of it was, if you get... A, a group of reasonably intelligent, curious, mm. non-experts together, laymen, to study a problem. They will come up with more accurate conclusions in general than experts will because they don't cling to their preconceptions. Yeah, that's really interesting. I remember talking about that. And and doesn't surprise me, really. 
Um, I mean, that's practically the main theme of the book. Once you once it dawns on you, what do you mean you ignored when when a Chinese dissident came to you and spelled out precisely what was going? Well, these people have spent their career trying to convince Nixon, then Ford, then Carter, then Reagan, then George H.W. Bush that X, Y, Z was true. And if some Chinese dissident comes and says, excuse me, that's not true. You got too much at stake. You can't listen to them. It reminds me of the Orwell quote that I try to think about a lot for my own personal life. If damned if else. you do, damned if you don't. Damned if you do, damned if you don't. Uh, the hardest thing for anybody to do is, is to see what is right before one's nose. And that just seems to be a human thing. We have... It's a microphone, by the way. Look at it. We right have before I- my nose. We have ideas about the world. We have ideas about our relationships. We have ideas about the economy. We have ideas about our kids. We have all these ideas we've come up with and it's very difficult to recognize information that doesn't fit with that and process it for some reason it's hard it's extremely hard to admit you've been wrong our our brains aren't set up for that for some reason it's got to be an anthropological survival thing maybe we'd spend too much doubt time doubting ourselves if we didn't just right pick a pick an idea and go with it maybe you just sit around wondering oh on the other hand the next thing you know you're run over by by the tribe next door. All right. Uh, let me, uh, you know what? Let me finish that thought. It's it's extremely difficult to admit you're wrong. It's even more difficult to admit you're wrong about something important. Mm. And it's extremely difficult, extremely difficult to admit you've been wrong about something important for a very long time and have fought against those who are right. It takes. Oh, uh, yeah. Either a towering example of courage and character, and I don't know if Pillsbury is or not, or it takes somebody who has been so completely convinced they were dead wrong that they don't feel like they have any choice. Um, But that's why I think the book is so valuable. Well, it's valuable on a lot of levels, like we've been talking about. China is bent every single day on world domination. Just remember that. I always think about that quote from FBI Director Ray. China Damned has a if you whole... do. Da- no, different quote. I'm sorry. China is asshole. That's, That's not quote. either. China is a hole. China has a whole of society goal of dominating the planet. Everybody in every sector of their country. That's that's their goal every day. Correct, including the common man. Yeah. They've been re-educated from the time they were children, the current generation, to believe that the U.S. has spent the last 50 years exploiting and abusing China, and it's time to give the U.S. their comeuppance, even though we led them out of their freaking cradle of backward third-worldiness, out of naivete and obsession with the Soviet Union. Damn it. And now 90% of the gorillas in the Atlanta Zoo have COVID. So where <laughs> See are what we? you get? <laughs> See what you get? This we'll is Joe f- Biden's America. <laughs> we'll finish strong next. Armstrong and Getty. 650 KSTE. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Not to go all China all the time, but I had a couple of stories that I've uh, been meaning to get in uh, while we were on vacation. Uh, China went into Hong Kong and arrested a whole bunch of people that ran one of the last free newspapers in Hong Kong. Most of the other ones have been 
driven out of business. I think it is the last major free newspaper in Hong Kong. They went in and just arrested everybody. So that's closed down. And then they went into Boy, Hong Kong also. How much courage also. did it take to be one of those people still running a, a, a free newspaper? They had to know it was coming. Yeah, you're a true patriot, no doubt about it. Uh, and then uh, in the middle of the night, the CCP officials went in and removed the pillar of shame from the University of Hong Kong campus, which, if you ever saw it, was a pretty graphic uh, piece of artwork memorializing all the Chinese who were killed by their own government during the Tiananmen Square Massacre, but had been up for a very long time, still there on the Hong Kong campus. They showed up in the middle of the night, pulled it down with a crane, off it goes. So the full takeover of Hong Kong by China is more or less complete, and the world did nothing to stop it. I'm not sure the world could have done anything to stop it, but didn't even say much about it, really. Um, you know, I don't want to wear people out about this, but... As much as it's being reported on, it's still underreported how much we are in a death match for the survival of humankind on the planet with China. I think it gets about one one thousandth of the reporting it deserves. I've heard way, way, way more about Trump canceling that press conference last week than I have about China's, you know, aim for global dominance. Right. Oh, that reminds me, I'll have to do this tomorrow because I don't have the numbers in front of me. Joe Biden has done fewer press conferences and interviews than practically any president ever. The only example that they could go back to, who as a president that did fewer than this at this point in their presidency, was Reagan. And he had the excuse of being shot and nearly killed, is why he didn't do a lot <laughs> of press conferences. Because he was shot like one month into his presidency. And, and we all know why. That's what's so weird about it. Mm-hmm. He he's not up to it mentally. He's no. not mentally capable of doing interviews or press conferences. We have a president of the United States who can't even come close. And oh, and the numbers are he's like at ten percent of the number of most presidents in our in the in the modern uh, era. He he can't. He's not mentally capable. Well, that bad does, can't care. How does that not bother more people? Well, and the idea that we'll get through another three years of this without something terrible happening is is idiotic. I mean, it's just impossible. Or that he's going to run again. Or and and look at our alternative. Great Scott, that that mediocrity, that nonentity, that that if I can't believe she attained the height she did in California, Kamala Harris. <laughs> the idea of her as president. Oh, Chairman, she's licking his chaps. And now it's final thoughts with Armstrong and Getty. Oh boy. Thank you, Droopy. Here's your host for final thoughts, Joe Getty. You know, if you can do better than that, and anyone can, <laughs> uh, record for us your brilliantly produced introduction to final thoughts and send it along. Mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. Let's get a final thought from everybody on the crew. There is our technical director, President the Buttons, Michelangelo. Michael, final thought? Yeah, if you're a young person or just a go-getter with so many jobs out there, if you go out there and get one or two jobs, you can shoot yourself way ahead of a lot of people. Mm. Go for it. It's a good point. 80% of success has just shown up, Michael. Uh, young uh, Alex, our behind-the-scenes producer, showed up this morning. Alex, final thought? Uh, I know it's not everyone's cup of tea, but last Sunday, or yesterday's uh, NFL action, was probably the best Sunday of NFL action I've ever watched in my life. Oh, really? I had more fun watching that than any other Sunday in my lifetime. Loved I saw it. some highlights uh 
in the in the Twitter feed for a lot of people. So there are just a lot of close games, big plays, that sort of thing. Close game, playoff implications, drama, overtimes. Loved it. Cool. Maybe that's what you get when you have parody like we've got this year. Hmm. I watched golf. Good decision. Jack, do you have a final thought for us? Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll go with the story that I had a head of steam for when I showed up today. That story on 60 Minutes last night about how everybody's quitting their job because they need to find a job that makes their heart sing. If that's the direction we're going, we're not ready to compete with China or anybody else. If everybody's only going to work a job that makes their heart sing, holy crap, how do you structure a society like that? Hilarious. Hilarious? Hilarious. That's 60 minutes. Oh, makes me insane. My final thought is I thought about buying something over the weekend and didn't. And I'm glad because I can always buy it later. Yeah, that's a good that's a good, it's a good idea today. It's a good idea tomorrow. Why not wait till tomorrow? I've been living my entire life trying to learn that lesson. Yeah, I've been I try to teach my kids that all the time. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. So many people thanks so a little time. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. We have all the hot links for you. You can grab the podcast there. Email us mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. Yep, we'll see you tomorrow. God bless America. Armstrong and Getty. It's over! I think this is so ill-advised. I hope you'll stand up and stop this madness. We need to adapt our approach. What do I want to do? What makes my heart sing? I'm going to play golf on Saturday. You're going to play golf on Saturday? Are you sh- you're kind of damned if you do and damned if you don't. Blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. I'm tired of repetition. <laughs> you're tired of repetition? I'm tired of repetition. Ah! Sir, your time has expired. Thank you all very much. Armstrong and Getty.